you like this one better, AJ? No. What? <laughs> you always got to be such a hater. Well, to be fair, you really set him up for that. I mean. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a different song. How was I supposed to know he was going to still not like it? I mean, Look, you're going to throw me an alley-oop. I'm not throwing it off the backboard, okay? <laughs> yeah, that's called a personality precedent. I don't know how – what do you mean, how are you supposed to know? <laughs> okay, okay. Well – my question is, why do we have this Monday-ass topic for a Friday? Because this was a topic that one of our DNVR members wanted us to talk about. Last week, we did the positive one. It's not my fault you didn't want to be on that show. We are talking about the worst rosters in Denver Sports history. That's a <laughs> Monday-ass topic. <laughs> this is such a Monday-ass topic. We just okay. had like a, a great good vibes bet yeah. show. We're about to make a bunch of some money of us, this weekend. Some of us don't live in a world where days of the week are relevant. So <laughs> it just must be nice that you can parse topics into days of the week like that. I've seen your guys' weekend ad shows, and they are nothing <laughs> like the weekday ones. <laughs> Should have seen the one we just did. Oh. <laughs> Goodness. Okay, before we get started, Green Roads, you probably know by now, but DMVR is a huge supporter of CBD, and Green Roads is a wonderful company. I've been having a hard time sleeping. I don't know what it is, but my mind just won't stop thinking while I'm really tired. Uh, and last night I took two green roads. I think it was the best sleep I've had in a really, really long time. I had their relax gummies and normally I've just been taking um, one of their gummies every day and it's really helped me just kind of calm down, get ready for the night. Uh, I highly recommend them. AJ's been taking them too. They've helped with his migraines. Ryan also has enjoyed them. They're a really great product. And like we've talked to you guys before, what we support in the products that we um, are using, we truly enjoy them. And that's why we recommend them to you guys. Green Rose has over 30,000 five-star reviews, 30,000. You can use that promo code DMVR20 for 20% off your entire purchase. Nobody out, three and two on Charlotte. Jokic gets it across the timeline, gets a high pick and pop with Murray. Lindsay breaking through. Taken away by Nathan McKinnon, two on two with Landis Guy. Gentlemen, dog two hands, Nikola Jokic. Save me by Grubauer with the left pad. Oh, goodness gracious me. Take a good look. You won't see it for long. Jurat home run, Trevor Story. Lock, end zone, touchdown. Number two for Sutton. Got it. Oh, man. That's from way downtown. And the blue arrow is flying at Pepsi Center. Scott! Welcome into the Denver Sports Podcast, presented by Breckenridge Brewery. I am your host, Ali Monroy, and with me today, I have got Drew Creaseman, D-Line, Eric Weedham, AJ Hayfley, and of course, you guys already heard the sassy Ryan Koenigsberg. Um, <laughs> happy Monday. Happy Monday. Some people may Ryan. be listening to this on a Monday, so they will take that from you, Ryan. Ryan, Ryan Sassenberg. We'll make sure to get your week started on the wrong foot. <laughs> oh my God. You are just on one today. 
We are talking about what is the worst roster in Denver sports history. If you didn't hear our last episode um, last Friday, we talked about the best rosters in Denver sports history. It was a really great episode. We talked about how the the Nuggets and the Avs might very well be forming those teams in the next few years that will lead that conversation in the future. And then, of course, we all decided the 2001 Avs represented the best roster in Denver sports history on our panel. Today, we are taking another look at the worst. So I'm going to start off with you, Eric. Since you're a ray of sunshine, let's talk about the Nuggets and one of their worst rosters in Denver sports history. You know what? I really appreciate that intro. I am a ray of sunshine. I don't know why nobody else seems to know. A lot better than Ryan today. He is the gloomy clouds on this Monday for those listening. That's straight Losingberg vibes over there. (laughs) Unbelievable. And I, I do, yeah, starting off with me seems like the right idea since the Nuggets are the undisputed, like, terrible roster champions in the history of Denver. They, the, the long... I think Drew might have a dispute. Well, I don't know, man. Like, the Nuggets, uh, I mean, the Rockies have, have done poorly, but they've done, they've never done, like, as poorly as some of these Nuggets teams. The the long deserts that the Nuggets were traveling through for long periods of time were just, as you sort of scroll back and you look at a lot of these rosters that were available in these teams and like what they were able to quote unquote accomplish <laughs> for some of these years, it's 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 rough sledding, man. Like, I mean, the, the obvious answer when you just look at it on paper, like the, the worst roster that the Denver Nuggets have ever fielded <laughs> was this team from, uh, let's see, make sure I get the year right here, from 1997-98 where the team won 11 games out of, <clears throat> I don't know if you know, that wasn't a shortened season, that was the full season. So the reason I brought this up, I mean, you could just kind of scroll through this roster here. I mean, the sad thing is, is like you see, Lafonso Ellis is on this team, and then we like him. Lafonso Ellis is a good player. <laughs> the sad thing Danny is, Danny Forston. Yeah, Danny. Thorsten. Everyone loves Joe Wolf. Uh, th- Bryant Stiff. There's there's a couple like ghost Tony echoes. Battle. You're exactly. Like, it's a name. There's like, I re- there's re- the worst part is that there's like reverberations of the yeah. team that had the gr- one of the greatest moments in Nuggets history a few years prior with Dikemi Matumbo, Lafonso Ellis, all these guys that. You know, netted the like that warm feelings photo of you know Matumbo on the ground holding up the ball because they overcame the the number one seed um, Seattle SuperSonics. But this is after like uh, just a few years later, Lafonso Ellis hurt his knee the next year, um, and so that team fell apart. Matumbo de- like demanded a trade. This team was actually coached by uh, Bill Hanslick, who now does uh, co- like the in studio analysis for altitude and he's like like kind of a goofy jovial guy but like even just watching him do analysis you could tell like you don't want him in charge of your organization i listen no no dispute there i love bill mark stout was the manager of the colorado rockies yeah. at one point you'd be a little surprised yeah like i don't but i don't want like my coach necessarily to be a hilarious guy that like that you don't want me running your team basically so the reason i brought this up is because this graph here represents every red line on here represents a loss <laughs> and the That's length crazy. of the line represents the the amount that they lost by <laughs> you That's can notice there's quite a few long red <laughs> like so if you look here on uh where is it which is the one i found march 1st the denver nuggets lo- like these are all like 40 point losses like they oh. 
there's some losses here where they so they lost. didn't just lose a lot of games. Is what look at this. Said. Look at this. March first against Indiana. Denver lost sixty-three to ninety. <laughs> their their record at the time five and fifty-three. Oh my god! Yo, big fan of this one eleven to seventy-two loss to yeah, Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Good I mean, memory, if at, fam. If you just look at these, they're all like that is 75. Crazy. They're, they're all like 30-point losses. It seems like they didn't losses. have any guys who could put the ball in the hoop. Yeah. They, or they had, defend. Or that if the defense was okay. A couple munders in there. Yeah, dude. They're full munder. They went full munder all the time. Unfortunately, they, uh, they themselves registered ultra and mega and google munders as we've come to call them which is mm. when you don't score i mean 63 points in an nba basketball thing. i'll have to do a little research to make sure that 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 game wasn't interrupted by Ooh. an earthquake or <laughs> maybe there's some sort of terror maybe there was something else that happened yeah there, there has to be some other like logical explanation because there's no chance that professional athletes could be that futile but a different nuggets team has the record for least points ever scored in a quarter Really? Which uh, is that yes. was the 2002-2003 team yes, against San Antonio. They, just, uh, they oh, yeah. scored three points in the first quarter. <laughs> Man, what? It, uh, yeah. Wow. I, they uh, did not. Unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, DraftKings wasn't in our life at that point. To the, <laughs> right before I started squads. watching. Uh, so this was a bad, bad team. But I, I have a, you know, it's difficult for me to talk about this team in um, great detail because this was the desert of Nuggets fans. I mean, I, I, I as a um, a junior high student didn't have the intestinal fortitude to stick with this team <laughs> when they had fallen. Understandable. <laughs> so now, well, sort of a before you ship at this point. One th- did they not beat the Chicago Bulls this year? I think they may. I have a weird memory of them being. Uh, let's just... look at the eight. Yeah, wins. They, I was going to say not, there's only a handful of there's wins. Not many data points to have to scroll through here. <laughs> let's see. I remember uh, them because it was like the Bulls were the best team in the NBA and the Nuggets were the worst team in the NBA. And they that actually sounds right, but this does hold off a W. I'm not seeing any data that looks like that. Yeah, might have been a different year. History. Nope. nope. <laughs> no, that's just a. So the memory of a sixth grader. I want to know why uh, Priest Lauderdale, the seven foot four center out of Central State, wasn't cleaning up. Wait, hold on. Seven foot four? Priest Lauderdale. What a Can we name. zoom in? To see. Let's click, click on, on him. Yeah, Tell us more about Priest. No, Central this State one. University. Okay, he didn't. He was a. Uh, wow, he averaged 3.2 points <laughs> that Damn, a storied it's career if I've ever seen one. Holy it's, smokes. It's actually kind of amazing that team won 11 games, given they had a 23-game <laughs> losing streak and started 2-38. and 38. Yeah. How, how is my guy here going to be 7'4 and average two rebounds a game? I, I gotta think he um, his main skill at basketball was being seven foot four. Yeah, I don't know that he Can't had a lot move. of other skills to offer. Can't move. But so, it, but wow. so, yeah. So this is a terrible team. This is the worst team in Denver history. I don't know if you really dispute it. They have nothing to. They have nothing to stand on. The numbers are all against them. Numbers don't lie. But I will say, for my personal, my personal. Um, displeasure came just a few years ago when the Nuggets have. Uh, in this general era, um, where we had Brian Shaw, in the last year of Brian Shaw's tenure, that I was, uh, this is when I was like, uh, in this time that I've really been paying attention to the Nuggets, <laughs> and uh, this was, I think the, what did I say, it was the 2014 season? Yes, um, you said 2014, 2015. Yeah, so this squad was like, 
pretty rep- the, the team had completely they all hated Brian Shaw it was very evident at that point he got fired in the middle of the season replaced by Melvin Hunt um, but this was the, the year that when they were coming out of a huddle near the end of the game when they were losing the Utah Jazz they all they were, were picked up on microphone all saying three two one six weeks <laughs> and the end of the season wow was six weeks. the end of the season uh, was six weeks away and then later on they tried to explain uh, it off like they were talking about uh something else it was uh joyless but you know what it taught me that when the times are darkest that's when you have to dig in because then you're rewarded with times like we had yesterday when we yes when the things when things couldn't look worse they can always be better and yesterday the nuggets cemented the full comeback from that era it's no longer three two one six weeks now it is three two one championship let's go Yes. That's a good way to end it, Eric. But we did have someone in the comments talk about 2001 being one of the worst years uh, for the Nuggets. Do you remember that I one? Mean, no, but it doesn't matter. Like, you can just, if you just had a grab bag and you just, like, put your hand into the bag and you pulled out a year from the Nuggets, like, there's a pretty good chance it would rival the worst <laughs> sports. Okay. <laughs> well, Nuggets like, have just yeah. had terrible terrible this is why the nuggets have such a perception problem because they were just so bad for so long ownership issues nobody cared like they just existed to exist that rainbow uniform that everybody loves now yeah. represented it was like uh you were putting on a clown uniform to go out to play basketball they're like let's be big and bright and like it like it's not funny when you have like a funny colorful mascot and you're completely inept it doesn't like the, the two don't jive <laughs> It's so, like in Step Brothers when he rips ass and the guy's like, oh, the tuxedos uh, suddenly aren't as funny to me. Yeah, totally. Yes. So, um, it, it, like, so it's been, it's taken a little while for me to like regain my relationship with those rainbow uniforms because makes to sense. Me, but to me, it was like just putting on clown makeup to go watch a basketball game. It makes uh, sense. I mean, Harrison, even when we were talking about the best rosters last week, he was like, can I come back next week for the worst? Uh, because I think I have a lot to say and could actually win that one. But Patrick said maybe Drew will win this one. Um, Harrison was unable to be here because he is in press conferences all days, all day for what the Nuggets did yesterday during the trade deadline. Um Drew, I'm gonna move on to you. We're gonna we're gonna hit the real bad ones and then move right. on from there. Uh, what do you think is the worst roster? Who are you nominating for the worst roster in Rockies history? So there there are a few also rans here, but I'll, I'll just come right out and say the team that I'm picking for the worst is the 2012 roster. Uh, it was close between 2012 and 1993. 93 gets a little bit of a pass for being an, an expansion roster yeah. and, you know, the, the brand new team, that whole thing. So 2012, you're looking at a team that was just pretty fundamentally bad. They did have one terrible stroke of bad luck by losing uh, Troy Tulowitzki for most of the year. Um, but fundamentally, they were just bad. They they do hold the record for most losses in franchise history at 98 uh, after that. Wow. There is the uh, that is a lot 2014 of team that lost 96 games. In 2005, they lost 95. In 93, they lost 95. And then a couple of times, they've lost 94 <laughs> games. Did you consider nominating this year's team as the potential? 
Uh, no, uh, I, I don't think I, I actually don't think that that's no, I know uh, that's, that's not your brand. I know, I know. But, we, got the, we got the pitching well, staff. I don't maybe know. post story trade. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, if they trade Trevor's story, the the problem, one of the things that uh, these stats that Patrick and I have been putting together all really for about a year now, and and why I've got all these numbers at, at my fingertips is because one of the things we've recognized is that when the Rockies pitching is at least decent, they'll be okay when they're really terrible is what happened in 2012. Because if I were to just read off some of these names on their offense from 2012, Todd Helton, Carlos Gonzalez, Dexter Fowler, Michael Dyer, DJ LeMahieu. Like I said, Troy Tulowitzki only played 47 games. Uh, Charlie Blackman, Jason Giambi was still suiting up a little bit coming off the bench for that team. The problem was the guys who replaced Troy Tulowitzki were Marco Scudero, Chris Nelson, Jordan Pacheco. Uh, and really, but no, your problem was this is your starting pitching staff. Jeff Francis at age 31, his last year as a starting pitcher, and he, he just injuries had ravaged him by that point. He put up a 558 ERA. Next most innings, he's the only guy who pitched over 100 innings. Next after him, Alex White. Oh, no. Alex White <laughs> had the, the second other guy most in the number Jason of innings. That's right. Uh, he pitched 98 innings. To a 5.51 ERA. Oh, that was the Ubaldo deal, wasn't it? Uh, oh, right. No, yes. Drew Pomeranz, yeah. Alex White, and Wilton Lopez was the other one. Oh God. Uh, Drew Pomeranz. Speaking of which, was the next highest innings pitch, 96, with a 4.93 ERA, the best of that group. Then after that, Jeremy Guthrie. Remember that whole? Yeah, yes. He was the opening day starter. I want to say. Yeah. Yeah, and then he, he had wrecked been on his an, bike, and then it was yeah. just all over for him. Yeah. <laughs> He'd been an all-star with Baltimore, but uh, came oh, wow. over and was just absolutely yeah. awful he, for the he Rockies. Wrecked, he wrecked on his bike before opening day, and it just yeah. was never the same. Although the Poor guy. I don't even, even know you could say he was never the same. He just was never good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, uh, he also sort of famously came out and said, yeah, I kind of quit on the Rockies once I just <laughs> my stuff wouldn't work at Coors Field. He had a whole like yeah Jeremy Guthrie is one of the worst. I was uh, admitting I just quit. Yeah, yeah. I was over it. You also had Christian Friedrich picking up a decent number of innings mm. for that. Former team. number one number, pick, right? Yeah, yeah. I think he was a first round pick. Um then you had remember that was the year that Jamie Moyer at oh age forty nine made ten <laughs> starts. For the Colorado that was the Rockies. single worst thing I ever witnessed my Major League Baseball team attempt was to bring but, back essentially, uh, I mean, like a guy, like a guy that was nine. older than both of my parents. <laughs> that was, uh, did he get the record for oldest person to ever get a hit, or was it oldest person to get an infield hit? Both of those sound probable. <laughs> um, I know he's the oldest pitcher to ever secure a win. And he was uh, 49. He was the oldest to do a lot to, of things. To do all of the things that, that, that happened. Uh, it was something. It, it really was. And if you'll also remember, that was the year the Rockies just started rushing dudes straight from double A and totally ruining their prospect status. Uh, Eddie Butler and Juan Nicasio both fell victim to that as they were in search for pitching. In 2012, they just threw those guys in the fire, and both of them got burnt up pretty good. Uh, the bullpen was actually okay, but yeah, the starting pitching was just absolutely miserable. So as much as you're like, hey, some of those position players were pretty good, it's just a reminder that 98 losses will show up if you can't. Uh, 
So we, we have someone in the comments saying, uh, Purple World Order said, I was at the game in 2012 where he became the oldest pitcher to win a game. Uh, there you go. Yeah. Wow, what a, what a time to be alive. I sure also saw Moyer pitch in the – he said, I also in, saw him pitch in the minor leagues in 1988. Oh <laughs> wow. You know. This, the best part about the position of pitcher in all of sports is that it literally – all you need is just a rubber arm, and then none of the rest of your body has to be athletic in any way. Right. You, you can right. be Bartolo Colon. You can be a 49-year-old man that just has a rubber elbow, like a rubber shoulder. Yeah, and, and then it's it's great. That's the best part of it, uh, baseball and sports. <laughs> totally. Uh, I want to throw one other nugget at everybody just because this is wild to me. The not team a, that's no, lost not the a Denver nugget. second mo- – no, no, no. Okay. Uh, the team that's lost the second most games in franchise history was just two years after the 2012 team. The 2014 team lost 96 games. What's wild about that is they have the best team OPS plus. In other words, they have the best offense in Colorado Rockies history. Wow. The 2014 team was the best offense featuring Justin Morneau, DJ LeMahieu, Troy Tulowitzki, a rookie Nolan Arenado, Corey Dickerson, Charlie Blackman. Willene Rosario, their catcher, who hit 13 home runs that year. Uh, you know, they, they Cargo was on that team. Kadir was still on that team. Those guys could rake, but they ended up losing 96 games. Because, again, <laughs> the pitching status. Uh, wow. De La Rosa, the worst year of his career. Franklin Morales, Jordan Lyles, Tyler Matzik. Oh, Jordan Lyles. God. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I didn't really prepare myself for the emotional trauma that this episode is going to cause. Told <laughs> you, not a good Friday topic. No, this, you this know what? This is a no. Monday ass conversation. No, yeah. like you, no, like you said, Eric. It's just making us, you know, look at this upcoming Rocky season opening days on Thursday, being like, okay, you know, it can't we, be worse than that. We've been likely. through a lot. <laughs> I'm saying that's why when everyone's like, man, this team's going to lose a hundred games, and I'm like. Bro, if a team that gave Franklin Morales 115 innings to pitch to a 72 ERA plus didn't lose 100 games, then a team that's running <laughs> Harmen Marquez, Kyle Freeland, John Gray, and Antonio Sanzatella out there regularly isn't going to lose 100 games. Like, it's you know how bad you have to be to lose all 100 all baseball games. We, need to put a, we just need to put a trigger warning. It's making you, you guys are laughing, reminiscing about the old times, remembering how rough some of those moments were. And look at where we are now with the Nuggets and the Avs, the Broncos, like making some moves with George Payton. Like Drew just explained why you shouldn't be thinking that the Rockies are going to lose 100 games. It's not, I'm not saying it's a Friday topic, but you can stop it. One of our members asked for us to talk about this. So. This is why we come up with the content. Yeah, right. <laughs> can we guess which members? No. That's yeah, we, we, yeah, All right, name? Ryan. Come up with the freaking topic then. You are so uh, irritating. Uh, Aaron, uh, in the comments saying, Blue Slide Park in the background at Aaron. Oh, uh, yeah. Look at me. I'm, I'm here. Wow. Adam, or Adam is saying AJ is a big mood right now. I feel like AJ always is big mood right now. I think that might be his new nickname. I think AJ is going to be referred to only as Big Moose. I'm good with that. It's like Big Moose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll just be like, mood when he comes into any room. I can't wait. (laughs) Okay. Big, Big mood. I like it. Before we keep going with the Broncos and the Avs, and we had Justin Michael in here adding his opinion for CSU, maybe we'll add just one buff one um, in there. I got to tell you guys, uh, being a DMVR member, 
gives you access to asking us questions and letting us uh, think of topics to talk about for this show. Last week was great, just because Ryan's a little salty about having to be on this week's show. Thank you guys for everyone who um, asks questions in the DMVR Lounge, DMVR Discord. It's so awesome to be able to talk to all of the members when the Buffs games are going on, when the Avs games are going on. It's a great way to just like be really one with the community. And then on top of that, you get all of our written content, all of our video content. You get all the podcasts that we host. And then you get member-sized beers here at the DMVR bar, which are like twice the size of a regular-sized beer. And you get all of the DNVR merch that we have. And right now we have a fun new perk for the next 300 members. If you sign up to become an annual DNVR member, not only will you receive a free shirt of your choice from the DNVR locker, but you will also get a recovery holistic stick from Holistic Wellness. Ooh. Holistic Wellness is all about that CBD product. Like I told you uh, earlier about Green Roads, that's been helping me sleep. But CBD really just depends on what's going on with you. And we're learning all of the new benefits that uh, CBD is giving to people so definitely check that out use and if you are if you like the holistic wellness products you can go to holisticwellness.com h-o-l-i-s-t-i-k wellness.com and use the promo code dnvr30 um, to get 30 percent off of that and again when you become a member you get all that and um, a free sample of their products and i have to say i have a few i have a few I have three shirts in the chamber Right. Oh, so you, Ooh, that's news to me. Up, you'll be able to potentially choose one, unless you don't like them. And another <laughs> thing that uh, you should consider joining is that we may slander your topic live here on the internet. That's another benefit to being a member. <laughs> right. If you're lucky. If you're lucky. Well, but again, that makes you like family. We really treat everyone like family here. <laughs> Ryan's being a little bit of an annoying bully this this afternoon, but it's okay. Um. So Ryan went late on his bet show, and that's why we ran late on coming on to here because, like Austin said, he was just giving out winners on DraftKings Sportsbook. So Ryan, give us a few of your winners for the people on the Denver Sports Podcast. All right. uh, The Nuggets are taking on the Pelicans tonight. The Pelicans just, I don't know, they're kind of messed up. They just kind of like watching Steven Adams get bodied by Nikola Jokic the whole game. Um, they, they don't send doubles. They just let Steven Adams get pushed around. Um, and Jokic averages 29 points per game when he plays in the New Orleans Pelicans. So take the over 25 and a half for Jokic tonight. He's also someone who doesn't get affected by these like emotional swings. Like I'm a little worried about Jamal being like too sad about Gary tonight. Me too. Too well. Me too. Um, Jokic just goes out there and balls. He's like, everyone get out of my way. I've got <laughs> buckets to get. Um, so yeah, and, and to the question in there, what, is Aaron Gordon started tonight? No, he's not. Most likely uh, Sunday for the new guys. Sunday, yeah, or Tuesday is what um, Adam also said. So just look out for that. And then uh, Diego asks, you guys know when the fans are allowed back to watch the Nuggets at Ball Arena? I believe it's April second. Yeah, they just uh, tickets just went on, or tickets are going on sale for the general public this weekend. So definitely keep an eye out on that. But do you have any other winners, Ryan? Uh, Gonzaga minus 13 over Creighton. And uh, Baylor, I think, is minus 7.5 against Villanova. I think both of those two one seeds kind of flex their muscles this weekend. And if you want to bet on the tournament, you can pick any college basketball team that's still in the hunt for a shot at winning $100. All it takes is $1 bet and that team winning for their, they're winning their next game. 
All you have to do is download that top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code DNVR. Like I said, when you sign up, you can turn $1 into $100 if the college basketball team of your choosing pulls off the win. Recommend taking uh, the bets that Ryan just said, and that's code DNVR. For a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook, must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. And, of course, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, Eric, with AJ here present, I need you to explain to him why you saved so much money on Gabby Insurance because the Avs guys and the Avs community thinks that like the story keeps getting a little more intriguing, a little more things keep coming up. They're very confused by it. So you use Gabby Insurance and it came out that you would you could save almost $1,600 a year. Yeah, it was over $1,600 a year. Um, I, I have multiple policies. And so <laughs> that's, it, it's, a, it's a cumulative thing. I, you know what it is mainly is that I don't drive my, I don't drive my car anymore, and so through Progressive, I think I imagine that my car rate like that I pay for my car is based on you know how they always talk about you they they base it off of how you drive or whatever. I drive so yeah yeah like I the amount that I drive per year I put in a number and they were like uh, you have to put in a, a higher number than that. That's like <laughs> like I think I tried to put a thousand miles a year. That's like. 2,000 like, miles nope. a year is the, the, is the lowest that we will allow you to say. So anyway, I've now found out that I've been throwing uh, almost $2,000 a year into the trash. Um, and it makes, me, it makes me feel both exhilarated by the product that Gabby uh, is and bad about myself for not uh, being more <laughs> on top of my finances. Okay. Thank you. And it's not just Eric. Multiple people at the DNVR fam have used Gabby Insurance and are saving around $200 to $300. But on average, people who use Gabby save up to, what was it, 961 a year? Is that what it is? You guys all do this. 961, yes. 962. It's one 962. Of those. Um, we've had some. I wouldn't want to short them a dollar. Okay, 962. Um, we've had some members use it and they really experience and. They really enjoy it as well. Um, basically, when what they do is they can save you a lot of money. Gabby literally stands for get a better insurance. So go use Gabby Insurance. Gabby customers, like I said, save $961 per year on average, and they'll never sell your information. So no, no annoying spam or robot calls. Put your policy to test like we did. Get a better insurance with Gabby. It's totally free to check out, and there's no obligation. Go to Gabby.com slash DMVR. That's Gabby. G-A-B-I dot com slash sports <laughs> slash DNVR. My brain is not working. Okay, let's move on. AJ, let's talk about the Avs. What is the worst roster the Avs have ever had? So there's a couple of options here. Um, obviously, the 16-17 team have, has a special place in all of our hearts because of that 48-point fiasco that featured a handful of guys who are still on the team. Um. It really, I'm, I'm kind of torn because I think the worst built team in Avalanche history was the 08-09 team that finished with, I think, 68 points, 69 points, 69 points. Nice. Nice. Uh, Hell yeah. <laughs> word. And <laughs> the, uh, the, oh, the abs, now. the abs, like, so the Avs lost 60 games in 16-17. So it would be easy to say that that was the worst team. But there were a lot of mitigating circumstances around that team um, that really helped 
lead to the the lost season. Uh, Patrick Waugh quit in August after they had gone through their entire offseason and had set up all of the conditioning and blah, 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 blah. So four weeks before training camp was set to open up, the Avs are looking for a new head coach. They get Jared Bednar in there. Jared Bednar doesn't have time to hire any of his assistants, any assistants that he needed. He got lucky in that Nolan Pratt had already been hired by the Avs uh, as an assistant, and Nolan Pratt had been on his bench in the AHL the previous year when Bednar coached the Calder Cup champion Lake Erie Monsters. So, fun fact. That is fun. Um, <laughs> not much else about that season was very fun, though. Yeah. Uh, they had injury problems. They lose Semyon Varlamov for the year in December and have to play Calvin Pickard and Jeremy Smith. <laughs> Jeremy Smith. It turns out neither of those guys are in the NHL anymore, and that was kind of a theme from that team, is that a lot of guys from that team uh, are not in the NHL anymore. Uh, the Avs claimed Matt Nieto off waivers halfway through the year from the San Jose Sharks. And immediately dropped him onto their second line next to Matt Duchesne. <laughs> and everybody and everybody went, This guy's okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. He's, you know, he's not great, but it, this is an improvement. Uh, they also claimed Mark Barbario off waivers from the Montreal Canadiens and immediately dropped him onto their top defensive pairing next to Eric Johnson. And everybody went, all right, this guy's okay. I don't hate this. And then at the trade deadline, uh, managed to be the only truly terrible team in recent NHL history, completely incapable of selling off any of their players for draft picks. The only deal that they were managed to get done for futures was Jerome Ginla for a fake fourth round pick that had no chance of conveying. None. It would have required a really bad Kings team to win the Stanley Cup. It was stupid. <laughs> uh, they did get Sven Andrigato out of that deadline. A guy who came in at the second half of the season and immediately got dropped on their top line next to Nathan McKinnon and Miko Rantanen, and everybody went, all right, this isn't so bad. <laughs> we can live with this. And, you know, he's no longer in the NHL. And actually, uh, I miss um, Sven. Sven, Sven, good luck. I mean, he actually, I think, secured like a five-year deal over in the KHL. So nice. he's, he's, he's set doing up. okay. Yeah, he's probably getting paid in trash bag, but he's got himself some security. <laughs> so scored, scored a playoff goal, right, against the Preds. Uh, yeah, a game-winning goal, yeah. no less. But that was the Hamburglar game, though. We don't give Sven that credit. That was guts all over the ice. The Hamburglar game. game. That was guts all over the place. Yeah. Um, so the 48 point team, I think, is probably the right answer here. Again, they lost 60 games. Uh, but they were they were kind of victim of circumstance. They had some key injuries along the way. Uh you just they just couldn't handle losing Semyon Varlamov more than anything else. Yeah. Uh, whereas I think the 0809 team was worse in terms of how it was built. Uh, its goaltenders were Peter Budai and Andrew Raycroft. Um, 
its best defenseman was arguably John Michael Lyles. Maybe an old man Adam Foot. Maybe an old man Scott Hannon. Like it was just a bad roster. Um really just not not a talented team. But that 16-17 team is definitely that's the one we all remember, right? Uh Matt Duchesne asked to be traded, said, Oh my god, this is a disaster. I want out of here, please. Um okay. funny enough, none of the other guys that stuck around actually felt that way. Mm. So interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um they famously tried to trade Landeskog and Landeskog went to Sakic and said, Don't do it. I wanna be here and I wanna be I I wanna be part of the solution. And he has been. So take there that back to Shane. You know, yeah. what, you know what sickens me about your story is that the the, the team won 22 games, which is double what that Nuggets roster was. <laughs> the yeah, I mean, your sports play the same It's just different games, between right? every the hockey, but... Yeah, like, <laughs> like to lose 60 games in a hockey season is yeah, unfathomable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure yeah. is. That means you've won 22. <laughs> yeah. And and for what's what's crazy is like they were the worst team in like modern history. There have been some teams like there have been like some expansion teams that were bad. Uh I think the like the Washington Capitals in their first ever season won like seven games or something. Wow. It was yeah, and it was just a different, like a different, totally different existence. Um a funny story, Peter McNabb actually was telling me he credits the start of his NHL career to that Caps team because they played in the preseason that year and McNabb scored twice in a preseason game against one of their truly awful goaltenders. And that was the catalyst for him making the team. And if you've ever had a conversation with Peter McNabb, he completely downplays his NHL career and acts like he was the biggest bum to have ever cashed an NHL paycheck disregard that the man recorded 800 points in his career. <laughs> okay. Like he had a very, very good NHL career, but he credits that caps team with helping get his career started because they could not, they, they did not at the time employ NHL caliber goaltenders. So fun story. I, um, can't, I can't believe that guts all over the place and the hamburger. That was all so long ago. Like, that was the very next year after the 48-point season. It feels like that was forever ago, and it really was only three years, four years. Yeah. It's crazy how much this team like flipped it around after you saw Matt Duchesne leave, leadership step up, Gabriel Landeskog, Nathan McKinnon. Like, it, it really was such a game-changing year for them well, and, moving and forward. You look at – like, that was the, – so the 16-17, um, Miko Rantanen's rookie season – Mm-hmm. Uh, he had 20 goals and 18 assists, and he was that team's highest goal scorer. Nathan McKinnon had 53 points in 82 games that year. 53 points. That's crazy. In in what did I say? 82 games. Like, yep. I I don't. It, you can hear Brandon Spano. He is also freaking out about that because. Because the idea that he would only have 53 points in a full season is ridiculous now. Because the next year, he took that jump. You you consider right now, I said that Miko Rantanen had how many? 38 points yep. that season. You know how many points he has today, this season? 39. 
Yeah. So gives you gives you some perspective on how truly awful that team was. There were nights where I would actually get to the arena and I would still be like setting up the laptop, getting a drink, getting comfortable, saying hi to the scouts, asking them for you know for the haps, and the abs would be down to nothing. Mm-hmm. That, and, was a, that was a rough one. And they just they didn't come back on anybody. They didn't do anything. The highlight of that year was the night that Nikita Zadorov killed the Winnipeg Jets and looked like he had murdered Mark Shifley and Jacob Truba jumped him from behind. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> that sounds fun. All right. There you go. There's the abs. They're, they're still yelling, so I'm just trying to – do I unmute myself or mute myself? Um, oh, we live, uh, you know, a, a little, pretty close to the bar. I can hear Brandon <laughs> from our house. Pretty much always. Um, all right, let's move on to some football talk. I will say, if you're being sexist in the comments, I will block you or put you in timeout. So let's behave. It's 2021. Um, but, Justin – said, uh, just hopping on to say that 2010 CSU football team might be the worst sports team <laughs> of my life. And then we had a Buffs fan say, I nominate the 2012 Buffaloes. Okay, so if we're going to talk college football, we have to talk about the please, undisputed please worst team <laughs> quickly, in, we'll do it quickly. in Colorado sports history. We are talking about the 1895 Colorado Buffaloes. Oh, we all know it well. Everyone remembers the 1895 Buffs because I've brought them up on this show before. The whole team was stricken with cholera, if I'm not mistaken. They came down with... I I need you to hear this. It was like a bad Oregon Trail experience. It really was. The Buffs went 0-4 that season. Okay, that's not too bad. The final score, the final cumulative score of the season... 231 to 4. Wow. They scored one point a game. So (laughs) back then, touchdowns were only worth four. The only touchdown they scored in the entire season came on late in the finale of the season on a fumble recovery uh, by a guy by the name of George Darley. So they scored zero offensive points the entire season. Um, and they famously lost to the School of Mines 103 to 0. <laughs> no you one have, can beat this. You have brought that up multiple times. The, it's the so loss fascinating to the mines. To me. <laughs> 103 to 0. The engineering school, School of Mines. What's funny, is, yeah, what's funny <laughs> is that CU actually disputes one of the scores. Um, so they played a team, they played the, the team that was the Denver Athletic Club. The, like they didn't even play a college, they just played a local rec center um dac claims they won the game 36 to 0 the buffs say it was just 20 to 0 they've Uh, they've they've uh, stuck to that what side of the argument are you on here we need to have your official stance who who do you side with dac or (laughs) i'm you know just the the way the rest of the season went i just have a hard time thinking dac only put 20 on them That is um, some the, trying to get that. That just reminded me of that because of the Mighty Ducks is back. We've been talking about it on Discord today. Everyone should subscribe because then you can hang out with us and talk about the new Mighty Ducks show and be ridiculous. But that that line when the girl says, "One time we only lost by five and we almost scored a goal too." Yep. Like like uh, haggling over. Hey, 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 hey. 
we only lost by 20. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's, my, my, my favorite Simpsons, or one of my favorite Simpsons lines was like, those Shelbyville guys think they're so cool. That's why they, that's why we or they we nearly beat them in football. Or we beat them in football nearly half the time. <laughs> okay, also we've got uh, the 2012 buffs, as was mentioned by someone else. This is the worst team I've ever watched. Um, just And if any of those guys are watching, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I like a lot of the guys who are on those teams. Nice guys. Facts are um, facts, though. But – the team leader in passing yards was Jordan Webb. He threw for 1,400 yards. Um, then there was Nick Hirschman behind him, 589. They tried out three different quarterbacks. None of them worked. Hirschman threw two touchdowns to seven interceptions. Connor Wood threw one touchdown to four interceptions. And then Jordan Webb, who was the eventual main starter, eight touchdowns, eight interceptions. The leading rusher on the team ran for 691 yards. The leading receiver on the team caught for 446 yards. Uh, it was Nelson Spruce who turned out to have a great yeah. career, but he was a true freshman that year. Um, on the other side of him, my guy, Tyler McCullough, also a freshman. So you had like two white possession receivers as mm-hmm. your two main outside starters. It was not working. Um, and, of course, this game <laughs> was the – Big mood. <laughs> Big mood. I got to pull up the score here. This Big is mood. This is officially the worst yeah. sporting event I've ever watched in my life. <laughs> the Buffs lost to Fresno effing state. Uh-oh. 69 to 14. Nice. Not nice. Not nice. <laughs> I've never seen anything like this. It was 35-0 at the end of the first quarter to Fresno State. Now, Fresno State did have Derek Carr, but oh. this was embarrassing. The week before that, they <laughs> lost to Sacramento State at home. And then the week before that, they actually lost to CSU, one of yeah, the few did. times in Hell this yeah, era <laughs> uh, that even when the Buffs were at their worst, CSU actually got them this year. Um, they right, beat dude. Washington State that year on they, – they deserved to go 0-12. They beat Washington State that year on Mike Leach just being an idiot. He kept throwing the ball when they were up like 21 in the fourth quarter. The Buffs pull off a miraculous comeback. I cried after the game. Um <laughs> So did John Embry. We, there's lots of tears. Um, <laughs> lose everything. Yeah, it was it was quite the relief. But a couple other scores from that season: 42 to 14, 51 to 17, 50 to 6, 70 to 14 to Oregon, 48 to 0 to Stanford. Yeah, put up two touchdowns on Oregon. <laughs> uh, 56 to 31 to Arizona. I believe this was the game that Kadeem Carey ran for 200 and or. 325 yards on them, um, 38 to three to Washington. Yeah, so that's the worst team I've ever watched. It's not even close. The 2000, as a student, the 2014 Buffs football team that was rough. They went two and ten, and like I was a sophomore, and it was just like no one wanted to go to the games, and it was just not. It was just sad. But that was yeah. me as a student. I can imagine 2012 being a lot worse. <laughs> they never had a chance in any game except for the. The one against Sacramento State, CSU, and the one they won against Washington State. You just thought you had a chance against CSU. I gotta say, uh, <laughs> this topic has made me very depressed. <laughs> okay, well, we got one more Broncos talk real quick, oh, but no. before we get to that, and then we get to uh, do who won the week, which that's oh. always fun. That'll maybe brighten a smile on your face. Um, but okay, so 
Whether you're looking to refinance your current mortgage or buying a new home, Mike and Virginia will make the process as simple and smooth as possible. You can check out Chevalier Mortgage. I hope I said it right. It's my first time having Chevalier. Is that? Mm. Yep. Yeah. Right. You can call Virginia directly at 303-257-6578 or visit uh, www.dnvrmortgage.com. They will help you out. Um, and we've had a lot of members actually go to them too and say that the process was so smooth. Buying a house or refinancing your home can be just like a scary, you don't know what you're going to get process. They make it a lot better. Um, and then visit them at dnvrmortgage.com and enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice. When you do so, most importantly, get set up with a free consultation to discuss all of your options. That's dnvrmortgage.com. Mike and Virginia will work tirelessly to find the best loan for your situation. Visit them at dnvrmortgage.com. Like I said, to enter to win a DNVR hat or shirt for free. And then... At uh, Michael Chevalier NMLS one nine three one zero zero six uh Virginia Chevalier M NMLS one nine one zero six three one. All right, okay. haven't done that part. All right, Ryan, hit us with the Broncos real quick. Not too depressing, so we can move on to who won the week. I was gonna say this is tough for me. Um, like you could go back to like the nineteen sixty two Broncos. I don't know anything about them. You're gonna have to talk to Mace about that one. Um, <laughs> you. There's a team in the 80s that was really bad. Again, not familiar with them. Um, the best, the, or sorry, the worst team in my lifetime, which there's not very many bad ones except for the last five years other than this one, it's the 2010 <laughs> team. Um, this Drew's, team. Drew's very annoyed at you for that. The Broncos are always so good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, they. I was it like worked. 2012, 2014. <laughs> Last year was terrible. <laughs> this year's going to be crap. Well, 11 Ryan's like, I don't even know what to do. Yeah, um, it's true, though. <laughs> I mean, up until the Vance Joseph era, the Broncos had never had back-to-back -back losing seasons in my entire life. Um, so this team, though, in 2010, just I don't know a better way to put it other than they just had no juice at all. Like Juiceless. Kyle Orton was the starting quarterback. Uh, he went three and ten before, of course. Tim Tebow started the last couple games. That was kind of exciting uh, for a few seconds there, as Tim Tebow completed fifty percent of his passes. Oh yeah, he did. Um, which was pretty on brand for him. Not um, something he would replicate the following year. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, no, Sean Moreno was the leading rusher. He had seven hundred and seventy-nine yards. Um, Tim Tebow actually in, in those spotty uh you know chances was actually second on the team in rushing with 227 yards um good. including like a i think he had like a 60 yard go, run Drew. against the raiders um the leading receiver this was like the only exciting part about this season is brandon lloyd who yes. was just a regular oh, yeah. guy for most of his career just went crazy this yeah. year caught for 1400 yards Every game was good for, like, one insane catch, like one-handed spinning. Um, yeah. That's about the only good thing I can say about this team is, like, that was dope. Um, on defense. Good memories. You had, like, a 37-year-old <laughs> Brian Dawkins playing for you. Um, like, yeah. Mario Hagen, Jason Hunter, Nate Jones, Kevin Vickerson. You did have 32-year-old Champ Bailey who was still playing well. Um, but Chip Bailey, baby. this team was real. Like I remember going into the next draft and the next season when of course 
they drafted Von Miller after this year. But like I remember just like sports talk radio being like the Broncos need to find the starter in like every round of this draft. Like, <laughs> like wow. they, they have holes everywhere on the team. Um, and I think most at least four guys that they drafted that next year did start uh, the opener. The night. Like they were just desperate for any sort of influx of talent. Um, it was tough to watch. It was really, really tough to watch. <laughs> All right, and with this depressing Monday version of the show, as Monday everyone has decided, um, we are going to go to. This. I have. I <laughs> thought it was great conversation. We're going to move on to who won the week. Should we switch it to who lost the week this week? No. <laughs> no, no, no. You're just being. Who was annoying. the worst? And who was the worst? <laughs> it really sucks to hear all still listening to this. All right, we're pressing play on the music. Who did the most? And who did the least? Who was the dog? All right. We are going to look at last week real quick. The Avs won. Um, Nazem Kadri for recording six points in two games won 48.7% of the votes. Second place was the Nuggets um, for their big three. And then we got Broncos fans for new GM looking for a long-term success. And Connor Joe for his inspiring training camp. Hell yeah, Connor Joe. Spring training. Yeah, Connor, Connor Joe. <laughs> Connor Joe recovers from testicular cancer, loses out to the Broncos GM for checks notes, doing his job. <laughs> wait, wait, George Payton won last week? No. Okay, he okay, was good. third place. Okay, good. Okay, uh, AJ, you get 15 seconds to talk about whatever you want to talk about. Go. Have you have you ever thought about what ghosts no, do? No, not <laughs> I'm yes. just saying, if you were a ghost, what would you do with your spare time? Because we talked about it on the Amp show, and we came up with the right answer. Yeah, I don't think true. it was the right answer at all. <laughs> do we get it was the honest answer? Do we, do we have to go <laughs> no, you have to go watch it. It's left okay. up to the imagination. Okay. But if you were a ghost, you, it wouldn't be up to the imagination. <laughs> it would be the right answer. <laughs> okay. Um, we're going to start off with you, Ryan. Why did whoever you want win the week? Yeah, George Payton won the week. Uh, he really, really had a great week here. Um, since the last show, he, of course, signed Kyle Fuller to a one-year deal um, to give the Broncos a really strong three-corner setup. Um, and then did what a lot of people didn't think he would have the opportunity to do and brought back Kareem Jackson on a one-year $5 million deal, which is one hell of a deal. It reminds me exactly of the Shelby Harris deal last year. So now you've got five really strong players in that Broncos okay. secondary, and you're starting to see the Time. makings of a great Broncos defense. you got to fit your whole final sentence in before 30 seconds. He was too good to, uh, okay. to keep it into one one thirty second span. All right, Eric, you go. Why did the Nuggets win the week? The front office won the week because Tim Connolly, Calvin Booth were finally able to pull off the big trade that has always eluded the Denver Nuggets. They got a bona fide superstar coming back in Aaron Gordon. Yes, it's going to be the core four. It's going to propel this team to new heights. The Nuggets have always been uh, the bridesmaids, never the bride when it comes to these last minute <laughs> trades. They were actually able to do it this time. And it's a beautiful thing. It's a brand new era in Denver, Colorado. The Nuggets are real. Let's go. The nuggets are real, unlike the ghosts that AJ wants yeah, to talk about. Yeah, not real at all. <laughs> it's all what right. they want you to think. AJ, go. 
Uh, well, the Avs won the week because they took out their biggest rival in Minnesota in back-to-back games with a combined score of 11-1 to and completely dominated and embarrassed them. And then they went into Arizona in a back-to-back and survived a Jonas Johansson start, got three or four points. And then in the Clash of the Titans atop the Western Division, actually absolutely smoked Vegas last night. Won 5-1, to tied for the division lead going into the game tomorrow. Easily won the week because they actually did real things. Okay, uh, they, so they got what? Um, two, four, five, seven out of eight possible points. Oh, that sounds good. You know, even better, eight out of eight. All right, Drew, <laughs> you are next. They could have traded for the core four. Do I still hey. get to play this game? Yeah. Uh, no. You know what? I, I, mean, <laughs> not, I never get any votes in this thing, but I'm going to nominate Bud Black this week. Uh, he's done a really, really good job of navigating what's been a near impossible time to be a leader of the Colorado Rockies in any way, you know, obviously he's just in charge of the on-field stuff, but he's doing daily press conferences. He's managing to do them the best possible way he can, as honest as he can and spin as positively as he can. And uh, I really appreciate his comments, by the way, as a resident of Boulder on, on the happenings here this week, he was fantastic about that. So thank you to Bud Black, but uh, he's just the only guy to lead you through a crap timeline. Um, and speaking of, we had Zach, Zach, or Scott Carpenter nominate someone or nominate for who won the week. The people of Colorado won the week in Boulder, especially. We are not new to experiencing horrific tragedies. However, we stay strong and stay together. And I think that's a great way to end the show. Of course, our heart goes out to all of the families of the victims in the tor- terrible um, shooting that happened in Boulder. You can go to, I believe it's the Colorado Healing Fund.org is a safe way to donate. Um, and there's also a lot of GoFundMes. Uh, like Scott said, we will stay together and stay strong. Um, but it's definitely been a tough week after all of that. And w- what a way to end the podcast after you guys said it was such a <laughs> Monday size, Monday yeah. topic. But we will see you all next week. Of course, you are always welcome to uh, send us topics to talk about on this show. And I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend. Bye. Uh, uh, Vote for the Nuggets. They won the week.